What's up, everybody? Welcome to Wits End Podcast. I'm your host, Devin, alongside my co-host, Joe, the show. Uh, and today, we're talking about veterans in America. Uh, <clears throat> I feel like it's really important to start this by saying, you know, since you're a veteran, uh, I think it's pretty great to be able to do the show with you uh, and the insight that you have and the things that you've experienced. I think it is really special, and so not only am I thankful to be your son, but I'm glad I get to ask you some questions about your job. We'll see you by the end, though. Job. Uh, so I guess to kind of get this thing started, what are some of the benefits of being a veteran today? Well, as far as veteran benefits, I mean, there's, depending on the states you live in, they are a little bit different. Um, you know, in Oklahoma, there's some tax exemptions um, up to $25,000, if I'm not mistaken. Um, do have VA benefits, which the VA, or at least here, is pretty horrible, as well as you see all this stuff on TV, the news about like different, um, say, horror stories that comes from the VA health system. So I wouldn't say that that's really a benefit unless you're trying to commit euthanasia or something like that. Um, Healthcare, they do have some healthcare benefits, depending on that does determine on your level of disability. You know, um, you get tax exemptions for property, um, property taxes, stuff like that. So there, there is some stuff out there. Um, I think probably not enough, but there is some stuff out there and that kind of generally does summarize. I think there's some, not think, I know there's some stuff for, again, depending on what level you're disabled, uh, there is stuff for vehicle um, tags and excise exemptions, stuff like that on your taxes your vehicle as well so there's a little bit of stuff out there um, okay well then on the flip side to that what are some of the disadvantages or some of the, the problems or common problems that veterans face after coming out of service well I think the biggest one PTSD I mean most of them you know especially you know men and women that served in combat you know there's a fair level of psychological advantages that uh, come from being in a, in a place like that. And that obviously trickles into everyday life, um, holding jobs and stuff like that. You know, most most all veterans, you know, that's, that's obviously who I would hire if I was in that position, you know. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that can't deal with them um, per se in, because they don't understand what they're dealing with. Um, and so and there's a lot of there's a lot of things that that's kind of a big question because there's a lot of things that go in there but the biggest one i think is ptsd and then adapting from from military style life to being a civilian it's completely different i mean whenever we're in there one it's you know you're doing what you're told which is you know that, that's an issue within itself but you you really you come into this issue where you're dealing with you know um people that are they're pretty smart i mean you know, with inside the military, I, I would say venture to say that you know you have some that you would you would think they're not that bright, and that's going to be anywhere. But you come out and you realize, you know, at the level we were trained in the military, and you come out, start working in the civilian civilian world, you, you kind of look at things like they're they're dumb. They don't know what they're talking about. There's a better way to do that. It's a number of things, and so <clears throat> you know that's a struggle as well. You know, with veterans, it's, it's PTSD and working, finding employment, and stuff like that is. is definitely very hard uh, well and like you're saying too trying to adjust from a life uh, you know of being say in a combat situation or uh, 
you know, just the overall environment of the military, going from that where it's super structured, well organized, uh, a lot of support among each other to a very cold world that a lot of times uh, hates on the things that you guys are doing uh, and you have to face kind of a public criticism and backlash, uh, as well as you see a lot of other groups of people getting more attention and money and funding and stuff like that to be able to take care of them while the people that protect and serve this country are kind of left behind. Well, I mean, we're in the military, you know, you come out and and you, you kind of expect better things yeah. to some degree. And, and I think you're right. There's movements or groups. It's like the veterans are almost, you know, cast aside, you know, to a level. And then you see all these other, you know, stupid little organizations popping up, getting more traction, getting more glorification. But, you know, it's it's kind of hard because you know you see that stuff you want to do something about it and you know veterans have a, a, a as most would probably say a weird way to do things but i think within the military there's a you know we, you get one shot at it you know in the military if you, if you make a bad decision in some of the places that i was at and many other people you know people die yeah. and so the right decision has to be made the first time you know, we don't get second, third, fourth chances, you know, in this. So a lot of times, you know, a veteran, I think in their their mindset, and their thinking, they're actually very well calculated moves, you know, versus, you know, a civilian that hasn't been through that. You know, they, for whatever their circumstance may be, uh, I don't think they're as calculated um, or strategic in their thinking as a veteran. Well, you know, one of the next questions I was going to ask is why are veterans not seeking more help with some of the struggles that they have? And I think it, it kind of goes with exactly with what you were saying there. You know, whenever your job is such a life and death situation that if you make the wrong choice, you could die or others around you, that's a gigantic stress burden to be under for six months, a year at a time. And I think a lot of people forget that, that because they were out there serving on a daily basis and it's their job to be in danger, that you can just come back from that, life is easy. No, you don't come back out of those situations. I mean, to to a very big level, there's a piece of even me that's stuck there. I mean, and I don't say that my heart's there because um, I really don't care. However, the things that we did will follow you forever. Um, a lot of them don't seek help to some level because I think a lot, well, I think because I've been down this road myself, is a facility in which we're supposed to turn to doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, they don't know how to treat the mental illnesses for one um, in the fact of their approach to it. And what I believe is because most veterans that's been in those situations don't want to talk about it. So shoving them in a group and talking about it, although talking is beneficial and it has its place and it's good. Um, shoving somebody that just came out of a combat situation or, you know, struggling, you know, with these type of situations, like, well, we're just going to sit down and talk about it. You, you're going to make that person way more uncomfortable there. I'm not saying that that would be an end game again to that point. Um, but you know, the other side of it is, is from a medical standpoint, there's, there's not a consensus on how to deal with these things. And so, so to backtrack a little bit, you know, whenever I got out in 2004, you know, late 2003 when I got out, th this was all fresh. And so when it came to helping 
with combat situations that the VA was rather ignorant and they didn't know what to do for the sheer fact they haven't dealt with this in a while. And so what it here just start taking these pills. These pills will, you know, these medications will help depression, anxiety, all these other things. And, and to some level, again, there's a place for it, but that's only a mask. A medication will not take bad memories away. It, it, it can make you functional better. It, it has its place and it can help. And I'm not, I'm not discouraging that, but it doesn't get to the root of the problem. It doesn't fix it. And so that's part of the issue, I think, as far as getting help. Well, some of us pride. I mean, we're very independent. You know, we had to function, you know, obviously group, big groups, small groups, and, and sometimes independently. You know, we did these things on our own. We didn't rely on people to do it for us. And so I think there's a big level of pride you know, that comes, you know, one from just being a man, um, and not to put aside the woman. I mean that on both sides, but then you couple that with, you know, that independent, self-sufficient, self-sufficiency type attitude coming from the military, um, that it amplifies that problem, you know? So those I think are kind of the biggest issues why that, that these people are struggling and they don't reach out. I mean, it's a big thing, you know, for veteran suicide and they don't even turn to guys that, you know, not all of them, but as a rule of thumb, they don't even turn to the guys that they served with their, their buddies and stuff like that. So it's a big deal is why they wouldn't even talk to, you know, one of their own, you know, to help, help them through that, or at least point them in the right direction to, for some advice or something on that. Well, <clears throat> for me too, one of the things I always <clears throat> think about whenever you talk about them not coming forward and, and kind of speaking on some of these things to help out with some of their mental struggles is, you know, whenever you're fighting in a war, you have to do things that you normally wouldn't do. And in that, you know, people's lives get lost, uh, split second decisions have to be made. And over there, you know, you can justify it because you see what's going on. I mean, it's clear as day why you have to take those measures. But then you come back to a society like the one we live in today where, you know, it's, it's wrong to kill people and you know war shouldn't be happening at all and you know that that kind of rhetoric and I think that because of that it's almost like you know if, if it's a kid coming out and his parents say we hate gay kids you know who's going to come forward and talk about it you know not many and so I kind of you see what I'm saying there yeah so I mean it, it kind of goes to a struggle but also how you label people but you know that's enough that's a big struggle because you know whatever that I guess genre, whatever this group, whatever you'd want to, to label that as you know, in any fashion, they don't understand. And you don't understand until you walk those shoes. Yeah. You know, you just, you don't grasp it. People say, you know, oh yeah, I get it. You know, I can, you know, I, yeah, I can only imagine you're right. And that's the extent that you can if somebody hasn't been there and you cannot fathom what it feels like to take somebody's life until you've done it. Yeah. You can't, you can imagine it, but see, imagining is like, okay, you point a gun, you pull the trigger. Okay, yeah, you can visualize that. You can imagine that. But that's not the problem. The problem is, is the psychological consequences. And you can't put that in your brain. You can't wire it in your brain. You can imagine that. You, you can't grasp it until you've done it. And so, you know, that and that's a big struggle within itself, you know. And kind of go back into that question you asked. You know, that's why it's hard to get some of these the doctors. These doctors haven't been sitting in these combat zones. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. When it comes down to it, they don't, they don't grasp, they, they're going what a book says, yep. you know, nothing against the doctors. I, I, I mean, I have respect for them. They've, they've done their time. They've done their deal just like anything else, but they don't understand what they're doing. Yeah. 
You know, you, you can't, I don't believe that you can treat something if you don't know what you're up against. So, you know, to kind of move forward with that then, because that, that kind of leads me into this other thing that I've seen, especially recently, like whenever we withdrew from uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, <clears throat> we were, people were happy for it, which, you know, I can't deny that I myself, after a 20 year war, was kind of glad to see it end. But there's a lot more to that story of why we were there, and they try to make it out like there's these misconceptions, like about the uh, fake missile or line saying that there's a nuclear missile. In well, the, the bottom line, you go back into when this stuff happened was 9/11. I mean, that's when this stuff started. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, for the most time, if you look at that situation in the United States of America, they flew the you know the planes into these different locations and killed you know hundreds and hundreds of people. You know, and America at the time, they wanted revenge. Make no mistake about it. The younger generation don't understand these things because they were still wiping their butt. So freaking diapers, they don't get it. Yeah. You know, I was sitting in a post in, in, in Camp Pendleton, you know, California, when this stuff happened. I was smart enough knowing the military when that happened, we're going to war when it happened. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a freaking accident. So America wanted revenge, you know, for the most part. And I applaud the president at the time. He used to have national television, not, and I am summarizing, I'm not direct quoting, but I said, if you have anything to do with this, we're coming to get you. Yeah. Good, that's what we should be doing. Well, you get in there and you fast forward a little bit, you're sitting in a combat situation, now our guys start dying. And they're like, what the heck? Well, what do you think's gonna happen yeah. whenever you're sitting in a combat zone? So, you know, that that's one, set the premise for it. And then in the other side of this, you've got a bunch of, you know, I have to watch my words here, but you have a bunch of dummies out here that's spreading all this other crap, fake news, you know, oh, this was an inside job, this was this, this, you know, all the, to the many theories, and, and people buy into this stuff, yeah. you know, and they, oh, it was all staged and stuff like that. Well, you know, looking at it on a TV, one could probably say that that was, you know, animated, computer graphics, whatever you want to throw in there, but go to New York and ask them, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, it was real. It, this stuff happened. And, you know, so we're there. So they don't understand, you know. So it does kind of go back into what I was saying a minute ago. They don't grasp really what happened. And part of it goes back into, I think, further than that, is American people as a, as a whole don't give a crap about America. Put them in a third world country in some of these places I've been to, they'll learn to appreciate what they have here, even though... There is some things I believe that even in, our, in the United States that we're suppressed on and the government pushes up on us and all those other things. I don't agree with it, but I'm telling you, I've been to the countries where this is night and day. It is so much better than these other places. And so you get, you have this, this younger generation come up, you know, I guess one could say snowflakes, you call it whatever you want. You know, I have my definition and it's not that. However, you know, I, you, whenever you have a lack of respect for the country you live in, but a lack of respect for the people that fought and died for it, that's where we're at. And so, although I do understand what you're saying with some of this about the, you know, being critical about what we've done and stuff is one's lack of understanding is I think a big one. And number two, the lack of respect for the men and women that's put in charge and fighting for it. But this goes back into even other podcasts that I've done too. You know, well, they, they sit down and complain about it, complain about it. Well, I've said this before in, po in podcasts before. 
If you're going to bitch about it, have a solution. The solution is this. If you don't like the way it's run, then you vote in the people that you want to run it the way you want it. That's the, that's the great country we live in. You can do that. So if you don't like it, put in people that's going to run it the way you want. Now, although that could go south too, depending on viewpoints. However, do something about it instead of sitting there complaining and whining and crying about a problem. Politicians, people calling these shots from the White House all the way down, they should not be calling shots in any shape or form in a combat situation unless they've been there themselves so they understand what they're doing. Well, and I feel like you kind of touch on a really good point too of earlier what you're talking about. You know, whenever you go over there, not only are you getting revenge for America and what they did to us, but also what's happening over there in these other countries that if you were the people over there, you would want this kind of intervention and this help from the oppression. Uh, and I think a lot of people forget about that because I, I know in private, you know, you've told me some crazy stories about the types of punishment that is yeah, I mean, placed on So, people. and some of that stuff, you know, you know, it is, it's, it's common knowledge. I mean, you get in there like in Iraq and stuff like that. They would take people out there and just trap them with C4, trap them, you know, stuff like that and blow them up for the fun to see what it did, you know, um, pushing them off bridges, you know, tying their hands, you know, or, or just their feet. And just push them off as and some of it would be you know disciplinary for whatever but that's how they do things you know for the most part to be completely honest with you i don't care what they do i really don't and i didn't care to go over there and fight a war based off the crap that was going on there it was because it's going to eventually and it has as you can tell with all the terrorist attacks and stuff like that it's getting here and that's what we're trying to prevent Yes, in some situations, there's times where, the, where different governments, the United States being one of those other ones, that intervene on some of these countries to stop this, you know, kind of dictatorship, I guess. But, you know, for the most part, I was 18 years old, 19 years old. I didn't care about that crap. I was there because I understood the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is if we don't stop some of these other things, if they're saying, oh, we shouldn't be getting involved in this, we shouldn't know, we should be involved in it because if not, it's going to come here. And so they're, the people that are arguing some of these things like you're saying about you know Iraq and Afghanistan there's a bigger picture you know they were potentially making you know chemical warfare and chemical warfare opens up a, a big problem you know if that gets introduced it's not like hey you drop such and such bomb it takes out a couple cities or you know even you know how many ever square miles this stuff would take out hundreds of thousands of people it's it's airborne it's it's a bad situation these people were producing it you know and then you get into those situations, again, the media and stuff like that. Well, that stuff didn't exist. They never found any. Well, I would beg to differ with that because there was plenty of holding cells and stuff like that that they had found found that stuff yeah. and stuff like that. And the government comes out. This is not something new that just, I'm, I, you know, come up. But you look at the, that situation whenever they went into Iraq. And, yeah, they can come back. The media can come back on the backside of it and say, hey, we never found any of these chemical weapons. Well, okay, no crap. But look at the footage whenever y'all declared war, what was happening? There was semi-trucks taking crap to Iran. So again, I can't prove it, but the kind of some common sense comes into play. What do you think might have been getting shipped out of there? <clears throat> uh, well, I can't really speak a whole lot on that personally because I'm not too familiar with it. Uh, the biggest thing that I always heard as far as pushback was more so, oh, this is a, a war for oil and well look at what we're getting out of it yeah now i mean i mean really i mean if they wanted oil if the war is for oil we haven't invaded a country for you know for for years and years prior to this if they wanted it for oil 
which there's way more financial, way more burdens of responsibility and stuff. Like, if they wanted to just trick with oil, go in there, invade the country, and say, hey, it's the United States now, tough crap, all this is ours. I mean, now that's I'm a sure big that's a big picture. <laughs> However, we invaded that country. Yeah. And we took it over fast. Yeah. And so could it have been done? Yeah, some could argue, right. you know. Um, I think a lot, it would have been way bigger of an issue and other countries would have been probably involved and not like our approach on that. Yeah. But, you know, but even that, you know, how many billions and trillions of dollars we've sunk into this. You know, we ship guns over there. We ship all this firepower. We ship all this stuff over there to help them build them up all this training, you know. And is there a fair negotiation in that for what, you know, do they have money and assets to bring back? No, but they have, you're right, to some degree they have the oil. But see, we're just giving all this crap to them funneling them and helping them out, which I could get on another debate about that, how we're funneling all these trillions of dollars over there. We're not even helping our own people here, a topic veterans. You got all these veterans out here suffering. So look, you know what? You ask the question, so I'll talk about it. We're funneling all this money in here to these other countries, and we're getting nothing relatively in return. But yet we do have the people that's fighting over there, and they have very much, you know, high suicide rates, you know, from people that's even besides a mental illness, you know, have lost, you know, arms, legs, severe injuries, or, you know, these people are 100% disabled. They can't even work for the rest of their life. And what we give them a check for $3,000, $3,500 a month, you can't live on that crap in this society. So instead of filtering all this money to these foreign countries for crap that they didn't begin with for us, a government bailout, you know, why don't you help the people out who was there? And it is extremely difficult to watch, you know, I Obviously, I want democracy everywhere, you know, globally, but I also want to take care of America first. You know, I, I don't think you can truly help other people until you're, you've helped yourself. And at this point with homelessness, you know, with the high suicide rates, deaths of despair, uh, veterans not being taken care of properly, how can we possibly justify sending billions and trillions of dollars to other countries to help them whenever we need to help ourselves. Uh, it, the only thing that makes sense is someone's profiting. Yeah, sure, I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking yeah. before you, I mean, you brought it up, so I, I would probably play into that hand. I agree, I mean, I think there's there's politicians that is, they're getting a kickback off these things. I mean, obviously, we all know this stuff. I mean, it's it's wrote into these laws. They say basically, here's a law, we're gonna break a hundred, we'll just keep it, here, a thousand dollars is going here. What really gets there is maybe half of it, if that, because such and such person has to have this cut, this cut, and this cut. You look at all the COVID relief stuff we did, and there's somebody's name on there that's getting this kickback and all this other stuff, you know. Um, so, no, it's not. It's not a good thing, and, and they, fly, they they cut it off, you know. They were making it before. They can make it after. Well, and you, know, you bring up the corruption side. It's always interested me, Nancy Pelosi, and how well they do. Uh, better than experts in the stock market so that well that's they're not really experts not. on home security now are they no no they're no, not obviously no yeah they haven't watched any uh tv lately <clears throat> uh anywho so you know that, that kind of actually makes me think of too what are some of the things that veterans don't talk about that they had to do you well, know, while in service i know some of it obviously you you can't elaborate well, there's things that, you know, there's people that depending on what security clearances are held to, they can't talk about certain things. And there's a certain period of time they can't talk about things. But, you know, generally answer that question is they don't talk about what they did. 
And my personal opinion, I don't have a problem if somebody don't want to talk about, you know, killing people or what they had to do in the military. That's fine for that individual. However, one of the best things that I think people can do for themselves is to talk about it, get, get, get it off your chest. I know nobody has answers. Doctors don't have the answers. My, my, you know, wife, kids, whatever, friends, they don't have the answers. But you get it off your chest. The other thing is talking about it is that's why I think that some of the younger generations don't understand why there's a lack of respect for the sacrifices that like myself and other people has made. They don't understand. They don't understand because we don't talk about it. Then the other side of it is the reason I think it's more important to talk about it too is because of crap that is getting taught into the schools. It's a distorted view of what really happened. I know that obviously because I have kids in school, in high school, that's getting taught this stuff and it's a very small portion of what's one, I would say accurate. I'm not saying it's inaccurate. It's just a small piece of what really yeah. happened and what really went on in that situation. And so they're misinformed. So again, I think that leads into a lack of respect. Now, again, adding to that, you've got all these other organizations and people that we shouldn't be there, freaking tree huggers, whatever, you know, that has their agenda and their opinion on it. So it diminishes the fact of, again, really what happened. And so our kids, the generations right now are influenced more by that crap because they're around it more. And so therefore it's only natural that, you know, the veterans and stuff are falling by the wayside, you know, and what matters the most to me in, in these things is it is the help for the veterans because once this dies off even more, guess who's taking care of these veterans? It's your generation. It's the generation behind. If they have no respect for it, you know, for these people, then where are we going to be at in this country? A dark path, that's for sure. Um, well, and my thing is, I think there's too much people who know the right thing that don't <clears throat> talk about. I think there's a lot of, especially younger people out there that know what truth is and what truth is not but rather than standing up for the truth they just stay silent or they signal uh, hey i'm a good person because they don't want to be attacked and the problem with that is that what you're saying it goes untalked about so you have a situation where people are struggling people are in a bad place mentally and rather than talk about it and kind of ostracize themselves and put them into that vulnerable position it's easier just to say, I'm fine, war's bad. You know, meanwhile, you're struggling internally because you know that that's not the whole story. Um, and the same thing, you know, whenever we're talking about uh, youth being for or against it, I think most young people are raised to respect cops, respect the military, respect your elders, but because of social media and the bad side, the just like bad cops always getting the, the hype and the attention, it's kind of turned that way for the military as well. You know, the, the lies and the scandals and... Well, you look at the stuff happened in Vietnam. So these guys came back, they were over there. It doesn't matter if they were right or wrong or being there. They're on government orders. You can't break a government yeah. contract. Yeah. You break a government contract, you're gonna be sitting in a brig. It's bottom line, that's one of many things they can do. These guys are over there under orders fighting and they come back and get them to spit in their face called baby killer stuff like that and that's what i'm saying that's how these outside influences you know affected that and and it take a, it took a long time and and thing it is vietnam veterans are still very much alive out here you know but it's taken a long time to get past that 
and I don't even know that the word past that's right, it's even to make some headway in that because that stuff, even though it's a little bit different form, this stuff's still happening. You know, yeah, somebody spit in my face, they're gonna be laying in a pool of blood, bottom line. You know, that, and, and I know that that happened then too. You know, I, it wouldn't be just this, a, a one-time thing, but that's the stuff these people faced when they got back, okay? And in some forms, you know, yeah, I haven't personally had that happen to me like that, but in some forms, you are gonna come across people that disagree with you being there, you killing people, you serving in that. Well, the bottom line is, and t again, like I said way earlier on, then take that up to your politician. If you don't like it, freaking put somebody in there that, that would rather, that's gonna support what you believe because that veteran, the person serving, they didn't have a freaking choice. And they're not the ones calling They were shots. put there under government contract to do a job. And if that job included killing people, then that's what they did. And that's what we did. We didn't have a choice all of a sudden become a conscientious objector and say, well, you know, I all of a sudden don't believe in killing people today. Tough crap. You signed a contract when you went in, whether it's two, four, five, six, however your contract, that it called to duty and you have to take somebody's life, you're going to do it. You know, that, that, that is a really good point, too, the fact that this is just people doing their job. It's a crazy job, and it's a job unlike any other job out there. You know, and the fact that you literally have a license to kill and you're being put in a position where you have to use that license. Uh, it's a crazy spot to put anybody in. Uh, you know, I, I guess with that, just to kind of, I don't know, switch gears a little bit, what is the best way then to deal with that PTSD, the, the struggle of coming home and, and seeing, you know, having nightmares or being triggered by little uh, situations and conversations you know what would be the best way to go about trying to, to heal your mind and your body well everybody's different I, again I, I, it goes back into what I'd said earlier one is be able to talk about it. find somebody you're comfortable to talk to with. you know I don't think that there's a right or wrong person you know I can vouch for and I think I could speak for a lot of people that's in the military you know there's people that I, I know of and I'm on a group with a bunch of them you know, I don't talk to them all the time, you know, may not even message them for some time, but I think within that, if I hadn't talked to them in a year, that any of them would say, why in the hell didn't you just call? You know, what I'm saying by that is that phone, those phone numbers are there for a reason. And I know that any of them would have my back just like they did 20 years ago. And so a lot of veterans, I think, overlook that because they look at it as, you know, they're less of a man or less of a woman because they're, they're pleading for help. Well, yeah, and I'd have to talk to the other side of it. You're less of a woman, you're less of a man when you take your life, you know? And that's not some religious perspective, but you know, they, there's people that depend on them. There's people that, you know, love you and care about you and you're just stripping that away because, because you have some, some mental disability. It's not right because we're all, we all have mental disabilities to some capacity, you know, whether it, you know, it's some more and some less. You know, Everyone's um, got issues. and I understand that those are, those are big issues. They are big. They were big issues for me, you know, with a lot of drugs and alcohol, things that I'm not proud of that I did to try to cope with these things. And what really helped cope with it when it was all said and done with was actually just talking about it, getting it out there, but also realizing, you know, to a degree that there's just some things that's not in my control. Like I did not have control over that situation. It wasn't something that I, I set out to to, to necessarily go to. I mean, there's always, when you, when you go to the military, there's always that it could happen. 
Um, <clears throat> however, we're in a situation, you know, we had, we were trained to do these things. So that's what we did. And so there's consequences after it, you know, and there's a, a big portion of those things of people's lives that were taken over there that, you know, if I didn't shoot them, they were going to kill me, yep. you know, be killed, yeah. and you know, now some of the, there's a lot of situations with innocent people and women and kids. Those things are a little bit different to turn, you know, internalize and work through. But that's the biggest thing is talking about it and working through those. And, and you may have several different situations you have to work through. You know, there's a friend of mine that does different type of therapies now with, you know, people would argue or dis disagree with me on these things about psychedelics and stuff like that. You know, I'm not going to get into that. But the thing of it is, if there's a thousand veterans and, and there's one that can be helped with that with psychedelics and take the damn things, yeah. you know, because what is it going to do? You know, that well, it might fry your brain cells. It might. Do, well, the, the bottom line is that psychedelics are not going to kill you. Yeah. So, you know, if that person can get some relief and benefit from that, and I'll say relief temporarily, but some long-term benefit from it to find out these core issues, then take it, you know, because that life is more important. And I will say it, that life is more important than what the government thinks is deemed appropriate as far as treatment, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, I am not condoning or condemning, but I am not advocating for the use of illegal drugs. However, risk reward yeah, and, and there's stuff out there that's like that. I know a lot of people, you know, still disagree in this generation of marijuana and some, and marijuana is not going to fix your problem, but it can make, it can make things easier. It's no different than going down there to, to the pharmacy and getting, well, I'm going to get my anxiety meds or I got to get this or this. Well, why can't that guy smoke a little time. weed if that's what works for him yeah. to be able to maintain his, his mentality, to maintain some sanity. Yeah. Give the guy a joint so he ain't killing himself. Let's see here. Let the guy smoke some weed. And so there, there's medicinal things. And obviously it's like anything. I know with, with um, psychedelics and marijuana, yeah, it's abused. It's going to get you abused anyway. Yeah. So, you know, talking about it, coming to terms with the reality of what happened and being truthful with yourself, you know, um, there's, there's big people that just having a strong faith in God. I'm not saying that that's for everybody because it's not. Um, I personally believe that that's, that's a big issue as well. You know, um, however, th I think those things are, are the key to it is just discussing it and, and not holding it in. And that, you know, that, and that's a big topic in itself because it destroys your family, it destroys your marriage. You know, you're, you're set in this situation with your wife, your kids don't understand, you know, my kids do because I've explained them. You come wake me up at night, don't come in there and jump on daddy. It's not going to be fun. You know, you're going to probably get hit, you know. Tap me on the foot. I'll believe me. I'll wake up. It don't take much. Yeah. Um, usually, I'm already awake before you step in the room. But you've got to have those conversations so they understand why. You know, people's mom and dads they struggle. Why is why is such and such like this? Why are you like this? Why do you act? Well, explain it. You know, my mom and dad do not understand to the degree they need to of why I'm wired the way I'm wired. But once I finally sit down and told my mom and dad, like, here's what happened over there. Here's really what I went through every day. Do they grasp it 100%? No, but it's enough that they understand like, okay, I, I can, now I kind of get it. Things start clicking for them. So that's how you, it, it helps your home life too because it gets your wife to understand your kids at a young age, maybe not, but when they're older, they're going to understand, okay, mom and dad, this is why they are the way they are. And they deserve to know that. If they don't deserve to know that, you should have never, mar never married them. Yeah. Well, that kind of, 
you know, you're, you're talking about these experiences and stuff like that. What, in your opinion, was your biggest accomplishment, favorite experience, you know, while you were in service? Biggest accomplishment is going in and out, but mainly out alive. And I brought everybody else out too. And I'm not the only one, you know, I served with other squad leaders, did the same thing. But as collectively as a whole, it wasn't just me, and I'm not going to sit here, I don't want to be portrayed, I did, I did, I did, it wasn't me. It's collectively, guys that served under me, they got me back out alive. Yeah. It wasn't just my doings. Um, so, you know, you look at other things, and yeah, I've got stupid little medals, and but all it is is stupid little colorful little ribbon that some, you know, at the end of the day, it's nothing. My life is what was important, you know, that we got back out with and everybody else's you know so unfortunately we lost people as well you know um, obviously those things we, we can't make light of it and I it kind of sounds like him those things happen um, however to answer that is just getting out of there yeah. is I'd say a big accomplishment um, as far as you know fun things stuff like that in Iraq there was nothing fun you know, but I did get to see a lot of the world. You know, I got to go to a lot of places and stuff like that. But I never would have been to otherwise. I so you drank snake blood. Yeah, I mean, in, kangaroo. you know, Thailand, Australia. Right. Thailand was crazy. Yeah. You know, definitely for the sake of this podcast or anything, I'm not going to get into that. Right. Um, but there's a lot of places, you know, that I got to see and experience different cultures, like I mentioned earlier. And it gives you a different perspective on, on life, but how good how we have it, yeah. for sure. So what, just to kind of, I guess, wrap this up then, what is one thing or multiple things that you would change about the military if you can, if you could? Well, it's different, you know, from whenever I, I would even say before I was in, but to when I was in to where it's at now. I mean, there's so much that's changed. I personally think they're too soft. You know, I, they, they changed so much criteria. I mean, it was hard when I was in. You know, I mean, and it was harder probably, you know, every person before me would say the same thing. You know, it was harder when I was in, and, you know, such so forth and so on. But it definitely has gotten softer. I mean, you can't, there's certain tattoos, you have to get guided just on that alone because they're too much worried about PR. They're too much worried about what people's going to think, you know, at the end of the day. So I think that they had to, to some degree, take a step back. And I would say take a step back in time and do things a little bit different, you know, maybe like they did 20, 30 years ago. Now, I understand in today's society, they would be hit with a strong opposition because the kids today would probably just start committing suicide left and right, just going through boot camp because of the mental instability. Yeah, they can't handle a comment online. Imagine no, someone yelling I mean, in your face. It would be, it'd be crazy. I mean, these people would, you know, melt, you know, literally. I think they would just curl up in a ball and die right there because they couldn't handle that. Um, I personally think that anybody of any, you know, any sort of position politically calling any type of shots and any foreign engagements should be military trained because they don't have a correct insight to it. It's all political. And when you're telling somebody that, hey, we're declaring war, going, you know, even if we're just going in as even type, some type of humanitarian aid, because humanitarian aid can go south real fast too. You know, they need to have an understanding, a full scope and concept of what's going on in these situations, you know, to address it accordingly. Well, to kind of piggyback on that question, to me, one of the, the first things that I would change is, number one, whoever that trans sergeant or major general, whatever, 
that, yeah, I mean, he's, a, I guess, a trans woman now. First thing I would do is not let that man go to other countries and speak on our behalf. Because I, I don't know about you, maybe this is a hot take, but I feel like that makes us look weak. And to some degree, I mean, if you go to some foreign countries, that's a big deal. So I yeah, mean, I know, exactly. They, so, you know, that's, that's a move that... Kind of that out of there, man. Come on. That... We're trying to look tough. You know, and sending in a man that's now a woman ain't tough. Well, that might fall under stolen valor, because I don't know if they'd classify it as who stole it, the guy yeah, or the girl. Yeah, I guess. Because depending on what day yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, they both can be that. Um, uh, exactly, so <laughs> that might be stolen valor. Um, and then beyond which, that, I which think... Which is not a laughing matter, really, either, too. Stolen valor is a big deal. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and they they shouldn't and it is for you know for yeah for military it is for cops and yeah you know i don't know why that's, people are like a, that that's but. a sickness that i think anybody that attempts to do that not saying you should die but there should be some type of beat down that takes place you know, I well, think yeah I, I mean i would i would tend to lean in that direction uh, too but you know it's it's not the society we live in and thing of it is even if they held them to some type of consequences you know, there's not, you shouldn't be able to go to, you, you impersonate an officer, you go to jail. Yeah. You know, so if you're going to impersonate somebody that's in the military, yeah. you jail should go to jail. Yeah. You know, because, because there is people that that uniform means, it, it does, it means yeah. a great deal. And they earn it. They you know? earn that and, and I think, you know, and, and I take it a step even outside of that. And you know, I know people would disagree with that. And that's the country we live in. But the same thing is. You know, desecrating and you know doing things to the American flag. There should be consequences for it because I have a solution for it. And as people say before, if you don't like it, go to another country, and I guarantee you'll be tucked tail and coming back here. It won't take much time. There's other countries that'd be nice to live in. I've been in Australia. It's nice. You know, I'd love it. You know, if I wouldn't live here, that's probably where I'd go. But there's again, they have their issues that would I probably wouldn't want to be a part of. But you know, it sounds bad to say it that way. But if you don't like it, leave. Ain't nobody making you stay here. You know. And so go go put your freaking all your stupid little genius ideas that's causing this country so many damn problems. Take it over there and start it, and then go make you you know your own little cult or whatever you want to call it. Another country, your take your agendas there, and see how it works out. You know, and I guess to make my final point, it would be that leave the military alone. You know, there there should be a high <coughs> standard for getting in. It shouldn't be something that we try to make less easy for other people to join in because we're talking about protecting America. Well, I mean, the um, thing of it is the military, there's people, you know, it's, say, extremely hard again, it's harder again, but there's people in the military that ain't even U.S. citizens. A lot of people don't realize that. But people go in here from foreign countries and they come in and they join the United States military so they can become a U.S. citizen. They value, you know, what America has to offer for citizenship just alone. And so, and that's so commendable for, for anybody that does that, you know, just to be a U.S. citizen, they'll give, you know, several years of their life, one, but to serve, you know, I had got, there's guys with me serving in combat so they could provide, you know, that citizenship, yeah, for them, their wife, their, their family, you know, stuff like that. And then you have these freaking ass clowns on TV, freaking disgracing the U.S. military, you know, much less started getting the, the political side from the, the NFL, and I will call him, not Colin Kaepernick, he's a freaking dummy. You know, that guy should should face charges just for bowing on the field. Yeah, I understand freedom of, spree, freedom of speech and right to express, all these other stupid things. Do that crap in your own time. You don't do it on freaking national TV whenever you're influencing millions of people. And I'm not so much worried about the adults. They can make their own decision. But kids, 
because these kids to some degree whether it may be a smaller bigger portion whatever these guys have a notoriety and a following they're influencing this and he's the first moron that did it and look how much that stuff is happening all over high school games college and all these other stuff they should ban that crap right across the board you put your agenda somewhere else we're here to watch you play football not push your agenda on everybody else that's what we're here for and so you can take that crap out somewhere else if you don't like it now again put that guy in a combat zone for a couple of years let him serve his country let him get shot at let's watch his friends die and see if he comes back and disrespects them on a playing field and that's just one of many yeah i know i singled him out because that's always the one go-to because that crap started from him yeah. but there's many like that they should stop that stuff across the board until they have the right and I say the right to do that, how they get the right to do that is you go put your time in on a combat zone. That what gives you the right. Until then, you have no right. That's Again, that's my opinion. I know that's a very hard opinion. Well, and you're allowed to have But, yeah. you know, and again, that's the, that is the reality of what we live in. You know, we do have the right to freedom of speech and to be able to do those type of things, although I don't agree with it, and it's not going to change. You're not going to change the Constitution for Joe. And they have that right. Yeah. But... You know, that, that's my take on it. That's how I feel about these things and people doing that stuff to the military. You know, I guess to finish this up, I would just like to say again, you know, it, it really is an, an honor to be able to, to talk to you in this way. I know usually it's that father-son relationship, but to be able to kind of take a step back and you be able to talk about your experiences. And like you're saying, it, it is a really good thing to be able to release that. And... You know, I really hope that this can help other people and to have the courage to have those conversations like they should and that they need to. Uh, is there anything else that I guess you'd like to to add? No, I think, you know, just the people, anybody that's listening to it, you know, from especially from the veteran side, because I really don't care what anybody thinks about my personal opinion yeah. on how what I did in the military, whether they agree with it or not, I would say it publicly. I don't really care what your opinion is. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you disagree with it. You know, go fight a different cause. Go fight something bigger. You know, pick, quit picking on the people that's saving your ass. Yeah. You know, so I don't care about that. You know, but to the veterans out there, you know, if, if you know, there's so much, there is help out there. There's, you know, and different forms. So even when I was in, even for just like I said, medication, reach out, you know, talk about it. I know it doesn't make you weak. It, it'll make you stronger in the end, you know, is my advice, you know, and, and so many people reach out to people you serve with, reach out to your family because they love you and they care about you. You know, they want what's best. And so, yeah, my advice is to just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing like we did in the military and you don't take no for an answer. You know, it's not worth taking your life over. Well, thank you so much. No problem. Appreciate it. <laughs> love you. See y'all next week.